Welcome to Pep Talks, People Empowering People. These uplifting interviews allow everyday people to share their not-so-everyday stories of resiliency to help you get through your story. This is your host, Casey Crawford Kellum. I'm a widow who has certainly faced my share of adversity, but I continue to keep on dancing. I'm a school counselor, author, yoga instructor, motivational speaker, and former business owner and special ed teacher, and now podcaster. My journey is about helping you to get through your journey. Hello, I am here with Alicia Savanovic. Alicia is a former French teacher who is on parental leave to care for her two little girls who were each born with serious health conditions. Her oldest daughter, Penelope Peewee, was born prematurely and lives with apraxia of speech, a neurological disorder, and an autoimmune neutropenia, which has caused her to be isolated most of her short life. Her youngest daughter, Gwendolyn, or Gigi, is one and a half years old and survived open-heart surgery at just 24 hours old and experienced more hospital care in her first month of life than an average person does all of their life. Alicia has had to learn how to take care of these fragile children while learning to balance taking care of herself as well. Well, welcome, Alicia. Thank you so much for taking your time to share your story with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. We had a great day, and thank you for having me. It's nice to see you and hear from you again. I miss you. So a, a little backstory. Alicia and I worked together at Hillside Middle School in Parma City Schools, where Alicia taught French class, and I was a counselor, and we had just a great time together, and we had a lot of little inside jokes, and I miss her humor <laughs> and her smile. She was a breath of life in our building and really just always had that positive attitude. Um, and so it's been over four years since I have really seen you in person because you were pregnant and then you had your first little girl, Penelope. So, you know, take me back to when Penelope was born and where this journey has taken you thus far. I think the last time I saw you was uh, I was still pregnant with Penny and everything was going perfectly well. And then I think the, the very next day began the whirlwind of everything that we're living now. Um, she was, we were notified that she had intrauterine growth restriction, which is IUGR um, when I was pregnant. And that was the day I last saw you. And then the next day she was here. <laughs> um, so she was born prematurely. Yes. Yeah. 35 and a half weeks. She was three pounds, 11 ounces, which is quite teeny. Not what you expect. Wow. Very tiny. Oh my gosh. And when she was born, what happened? Did she, how long did she stay in the hospital? How long were you in the hospital? She, I was in the hospital for the normal two days. She was in the hospital about two weeks um, while they kind of tried to diagnose what was going on with her heart and why she was so small, so on and so forth, and make sure that she could you know, survive at home. So we brought her home at about four pounds, which I didn't even think you could do. <laughs> you walk out of a hospital with a, such a tiny baby, you think, wait a minute, how did they, first of all, let me have this kid? And second of all, let me leave with something so tiny. Isn't it amazing that 
you know, there are babies born with one or two pounds that they're coming home just a couple pounds that was unheard of back in the day. So, so medicine has certainly come a long way in being able to prepare those kids to actually come home, leave the hospital so little. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're very, very resilient if you give them the care that they need. And so you had little Pee Wee for about two years before the next one. So what did those first two years look like for you as a new mom with this baby that had some some health conditions here? Uh, to be honest, I don't really remember too, too much of it. Um, I was very sleep deprived. She had several issues. We were constantly finding out something new that was detrimental to her health and some, you know, always something that was scary. Um, uh, and made you question, you know, whether she'd make it. Um, she also could stay awake for 16 hours at a time. So that's why I don't remember too much of it. I was up very frequently with her. Um, but we, we found out a couple of the biggest things, you know, one of which was the autoimmune neutropenia, which means that, um, if she were to get sick, her white blood cell count is low. So we didn't know if she could fight anything that could, you know, just a simple cold could, um, you know, be, a very questionable event in her life. Um, so there's a lot of doctor visits, you know, constantly talking to doctors, constantly talking to insurance companies. Um, that might be my next profession is working for an insurance company. I know a lot more than I should. <laughs> wow. Well, and you've had to advocate for yourself and, and make those calls to get the care I'm sure that you needed. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. One of the biggest things that I've learned in this situation is always advocate for yourself, always advocate for your children. And you do have a mother's instinct. Um, before Penny was born, um, I had just, I didn't have any plans when I went into the OB to just for a checkup. And I had remembered asking, you know, when I, when I get sick, does she get sick? And he said, well, no, why? And I said, well, she's just not moving so much. And he said, well, that's, you know, if you have that, that feeling, let's look into it. And that's what started everything off is then we realized she was too small. She had too big of a heart. Um, and we did a lot of non-stress tests. Um, you know, fast forward to the next couple of days and we were in the hospital and they were doing non-stress tests and, you know, a specialist was looking at her and said, well, she should be okay. You know, we'll just let it be. And I said, no, she's not okay. And he said, well, we'll give it five minutes and see if she wakes up and starts moving a little bit more. I gave her five minutes. And then that's when he realized that the placenta was calcified and she wasn't getting everything that she needed. And had I not pushed in that case, um, just by my instinct, I am very uh, firm in believing that she wouldn't be here with us today. So, Jeez. Wow. So Thank God for that mother instinct. My gosh, you just knew you listened to your body. Right. Well, and I didn't even think I had any instinct at that point and that it was, it was there, whether it was instinct, whether it was intuition or, or God intervening and saying, Hey, you know, something needs to happen here, but she's with us and boy, is she alive and kicking. <laughs> oh my gosh. My gosh. So, so during those, the first couple of years, you really couldn't take her anywhere aside from these doctor appointments because of her immune system. Is that correct? That's it. That's exactly correct. Um, anywhere we went, it was a sh- my blood pressure, I'm sure went through the roof, you know, every risk was taken, you know, whenever we went to a doctor's appointment, my constant thought was, you know, is this worth the risk? Are we doing something that's good for her? What could she be picking up? You know, oh goodness, she touched this, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very uh, nerve wracking and very isolating. 
So you were quarantining before that was a cool thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you so started a trend. Came, you yeah, started this COVID a came around and I could have, I could have written the book. I could have made a ton of money on this. <laughs> yeah. You're like, walk a day in my shoes, everyone. This is right? what I've been doing for the last three and a half years. Yeah. How yeah. do you all like it? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You've, you mastered it. You could certainly write a book on it. And so, um, so tell me about services and care that she's getting now to help her. Cause not only does she have this autoimmune disorder, but she also has a speech apraxia where she's, yes. she's not speaking, but she can understand. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Yeah. Apraxia of speech is something that's very, um, very not well understood. Even insurance companies don't recognize it necessarily. So we're constantly fighting for services, but basically it's a neurological disorder in which she can understand everything that you're saying. Um, but the motor planning is not there for her to execute proper speech for her to say the words that she's trying to say. Um, so it's extremely frustrating for her. Uh, she has a plethora of other issues going on. Um, but she's, she, she wants to tell you what she's thinking. So we, we do sign language with it. Um, we do a lot of, um, she, her favorite word is ba. So everything is ba, 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 ba. Everything she tries to say is a ba. But for some reason with me, I understand, well, this ba means she wants milk or this ba she means she wants to go outside. So it's, you know, a mother daughter language. It's, you know, kind of sweet and cute. Um, so it, it, it's a work in progress, but it's something in which she's going to require therapy for the rest of her life, most likely. Um, I've been told by doctors that she won't, you know, she won't talk. She won't ever make sentences, um, but we're not accepting that. And, and it's not the apraxia of speech for everybody. Um, she has low muscle tone that goes with it. Um, so the thing, things are stacked against her, but we're going to work through it and we're going to make sure that she has everything that she possibly can. So she, she does speech um, a couple times a week. Um, which is fun and challenging at the same time. But this week, I'm proud to say that she's now able to say ow and no. Wow. So those are big. She's gone three and a half years with less than five words. Um, so two words in one week is is phenomenal. Um, wow, that's amazing. That is yeah. beautiful. It, it gives you hope, doesn't it? It does. And it's one of those things where I think um, as a special needs parent, we get to bask in the glory of things like this that might be taken for granted elsewhere um, or, or by other people and, um, you know, not purposely taken for granted, but, you know, little steps, you know, and she today also learned how to open a round doorknob. <laughs> so, you oh, know, while it's very troubling, it's super exciting. So it, it, it's something that somebody, you know, somebody else might just learn simply, but, you know, we're sitting here clapping and our neighbors are probably thinking, what is wrong with you? Your kid just opened the door. <laughs> It's huge. It's a huge accomplishment for her. Uh, Now, cognitively, how is she developmentally? um, She's she's with it, I guess, for the lack of a better way of saying it. She's, you know, with hypotonia, she has a little bit of difficulty with fine motor and gross motor. Um, But cognitively, she's there. And I think it's a silver lining, but it's also something that makes her uh, more easily frustrated. Uh, you kind of think about living a life in which you constantly have duct tape over your mouth and you can't get across what you're trying to say. You know, we think it's frustrating enough just talking to somebody and not having them listen or not having them understand as adults. Um, 
but as a toddler who can't really regulate their emotions or thoughts and you know she's probably sitting there thinking for 10 minutes mom i just want this just give this to me please um she's trapped she's trapped in yeah. her, her little body trying to communicate yes. it's so fr- it has to be so frustrating and you know yeah. there's so many uh, you know diseases that you see people have even like the als where these people are trapped in their bodies and can no longer communicate or cp and, and what an awful affliction because so many of these people have you know, regular, normal cognitive functioning, but you don't know that because they're not communicating. And um, so you question whether they understand you or not. And they do, they understand they're just trapped. They can't get the words out. Now, does she have any devices that she can use to communicate? We do have an AAC, which is augmentative communication. Um, It's basically like an iPad and she can click buttons to tell us what she's trying to say. Um, so in the long term, that will be very, very helpful. Um, however, in the short term, in the peppy little child that she is, she likes to click everything. Um, so we're still trying to teach her that there's a meaning behind it. Um, but she she's doing well with the animals so far and saying, I like cookies. I like cookies over and over in a computer voice. So <laughs> we're working on that. Sure. And, you know, thank goodness for your background as a teacher, because, uh, you know, I just having worked with you, I know you were a patient person and I know you're really good with middle schoolers, which is, in my professional opinion, one of the most difficult um, groups of kids to teach. And so you came into that and you were amazing with those kids. Um, I'm, I'm sure nobody's perfect as a parent or as a teacher, there's going to be times of frustration. Um, And and God bless you through all of this. I'm sure trying to communicate to this little girl and have her communicate to you on a daily basis when it's, you know, you two together all day long, that has to be really challenging for you, doesn't it? It it is extremely challenging. And I think I've probably had you fooled. I, I don't believe I'm one to have a lot of patience, but I think that this is one of the big things that I'm learning from the situation is to be more patient and God's going to help me to be patient. Um, as much as, as much as I can, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I'm perfect. And sometimes I, I don't scream, but I, it, it is, it's, I have to remind myself, you know, she has to have as much patience as I have. And if I were in her shoes, boy, would I be frustrated. And of course, I'd be screaming in the same same position as she is. Um, so I think that's one of the big things that I'm learning in this situation is patience and, and understanding. Um, and, and even as a teacher with a background, I, I didn't tend to look at things from other people's perspective or as my, from my students' perspective as much as I would be able to now. Um, I can now further understand you know, one of my biggest worries is Penny going to school and being able to hear the things that the kids say about her um, and understand them and not be able to respond or stick up for herself or or explain to them what's going on. And I think that's something that hit home for me. And I think I'm, I hope that I can take that back into teaching when I go back and really try and hit a home run for, for my kids and for the kids that are in the school. And, um, help people learn to accept differences and to, to not pass judgment. You know, and, and honestly, in my experience at Hillside, the kids are amazing with the children with differences. And mm-hmm. this year alone, we had 
couple fifth graders with severe needs, um, one wheelchair bound, um, not able to speak, same kind of thing. She had um, leaks disorder and she was completely normal, healthy girl until she was one and a half. And it is almost like an ALS for a child. She's amazing. She comes to yoga and the kids help her with the yoga. I've been in her classes every week and the kids are so helpful. Everyone wants to be her friend. Um, oh, that's it's, fantastic. It's just, it, it melts my heart. And I know at one point we had the MD unit in our building and mm-hmm. I had some of the toughest, coolest football players down at lunchtime, you know, helping these children with the different, and standing up for those kids. Um, that's fantastic. But, you know, I've, I've seen... I've seen a lot of positivity with that, and I hope that your your daughter's in a school that has the same kind of kids that we had at have at Hillside that are just compassionate. Oh, and, that's what I'm hoping and praying for. I really am. And, and the beauty is, you know, there's no longer like Miss Polly's class down by the boiler room. Children mm-hmm. are mainstreamed and exposed from a very mm-hmm. early age. Just you know, at the preschool age, they have. Um, children with and without needs put together at the and kids parents volunteer their children that don't have special needs to be in those classes so that everybody's getting these this exposure so you know i i i hope that that's how things go with your little girl now is are you looking into any kind of preschool yet or because of her autoimmune do you have to hold off she is technically enrolled in preschool. She gets itinerant services, meaning that they, the uh, therapists come to the school to reduce the risk of exposing her to other children and other illnesses right now. Um, so it's, it's really nice to kind of start that transition to get the extra help when we need it and to get her prepared to go to school. So they come to your house with the services or do you guys? Yes. In it? Okay. They come to your house. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we have our sweet little Pee-wee, who's three and a half years old. And when she was about two years old, you then had little Gigi, uh-huh. um, <laughs> who had came to this world with her own uh, health conditions, completely unrelated, completely not genetic with both of them. Both of them uh-huh. were just rare. Like I think you had mentioned to me, you were hit with lightning, hit by lightning yeah. twice. Yeah, completely unrelated. Um, and, and you can tell more of this that your husband and you had, you know, yourselves yeah. checked out. Yeah, yeah. And they that. said there's they said we're, we're good to go. There's nothing wrong. It just, you know, it shouldn't happen. It happened. It's one of those things. Um, but we have two wild cards. So in more than one way. <laughs> wow. So tell us a little bit about Gigi. She comes into this world. Did she come early? No, she was, um, well, she, I was induced with her as well. So we knew she was coming, um, but she was considered full term um, and uh, is within 24 hours of her birth. She had uh, open heart surgery to correct what's called TAPVR. It's a total anomalous pulmonary venous return, um, which means that her veins weren't properly arranged, connecting her heart to her lungs, I guess, for the easiest way of saying it. So the oxygenation in her body wouldn't have supported her very long. Um, But in this case, uh, a silver lining, which is like my favorite term of my life anymore, the silver lining is that they found the defect before she was born. so they were able to jump on it and manage it and uh, and get it taken care of. Whereas if she was born some, somewhere else, it may not have had that that same outcome. 
So we're very, very they, fortunate and very blessed. So how did they discover it before she was born? What was going on? It was through an ultrasound. It wasn't any kind of symptoms or anything, but through an ultrasound, um, one of the doctors has said, hey, let's let's get an, a fetal echo and let's just check out the heart and see what's going on. And we did get a couple of those before um, a very talented doctor had uh, decided and diagnosed her with the TAPVR, um, which is, it's very rare to be diagnosed in utero because I mean, you think, you think about how many layers of skin and what they're trying to see. They're trying to see a heart that's, you know, smaller than basically a quarter at where, where they're looking at it through all of that tissue. It's pretty amazing what they can do. Um, so she diagnosed it and, you know, we got the VIP treatment at the hospital and, and now she's, she's our bruiser, our uh, spitfire here. (laughs) Wow. So, um, how is her uh, cognitive level and her ability to communicate and where is she developmentally? She's on par. She's, you know, she's, you wouldn't know that she had open heart surgery. Um, she's with it. She's, uh, very, very sassy. I call her my sass master pro. Um, she's very helpful with Penny with upping the ante and getting her to start moving more and getting her to try and, you know, say new words. She's, is a whole new motivation for Penny that I must not have been because (laughs) as soon as Gigi says no, then we want to work on the word no for Penny. So they're, um, they're going to be great sisters. They're going to be, you know, best buddies, best friends, and they're, I'm sure already plotting against me in their own little language of ba 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 ba. I love that, and she will. She will. She will take care of her sister. I know my my stepdaughter uh, was a year and a half younger than her brother. They ended up in the same grade, uh, birthdays and and his developmental uh, delays and such. And she, you know, nobody messed with him. Mm-hmm. I, I think they just knew that from the get-go that wasn't going to happen. But her, she was very popular, and her girlfriends were, you know, always took care of Joey. So I could see Gigi being that that sister taking care of Penny the same way. So. Oh yeah, definitely. When she's not beating her up, she's taking care of her. <laughs> if anybody's <laughs> going to beat her up, it's going to be Gigi. <laughs> now, does is Penny able to walk? Does she? Walk? Yes. Okay. Yes, she is. That's one of our biggest things uh, with her situation. We weren't expecting walking or anything like that. Um, and she was just a slightly late walker just shortly after two. Of course, as soon as Gigi was born, she's starting to move around the house. Of so. course. Of course. Wow. So, so right there, there's, you know, one of your many miracles that you're going to see, um, you know, being told or reading that, oh, she probably won't walk and you're being told she's probably never going to speak. And it's like, no, we're not accepting that. So you've already. And absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel kind of like a glutton saying, okay, well, we got this. Let's, let's work on this. Let's work on that. But, you know, with Penny's condition, she is one of three people who have her condition and um, she, the other ones aren't as fortunate and they're not necessarily moving around. They're not, you know, at the same cognitive level or developmental level. Um, And right now Penny's just kind of a rock star. She's and she's going to stay a rock star, but she's rocking it out. She's walking. She's, you know, starting to jump and get into trouble and do, do all the things a normal kid would do. Um, so it's kind of nice when somebody says, well, your kid should behave better than that. I'm like, yeah, she should, but she's this acting like great. a normal kid. Yeah. yeah, this is beautiful. I'm celebrating that she's doing mischief or what have you. Yeah. Now, when, when you say she's one of three people, is that 
in the area or the country or that's in the world as far as we know Um, oh my gosh yeah so she's she's a rare gem you need to play the lottery. What are the chances of, of that? Right, right, right. And I mean, wow. I, could, I could look at it. That's one of the things, you know, I originally went into this thinking, how could this possibly happen to us? She has this, and then she has that, and then she has this. And on top of it, now I've got a kid who needs open heart surgery. You've got to be kidding me. How could all these things be stacked against us? And it's just a simple turning of the mind. And I'm not I'm not going to lie to you and tell, tell you that I keep this this mindset all the time. I have to remind myself, okay, all of these things are stacked against us, but wow, they've survived this. God has given me these two kids that are not supposed to be doing these things that they're, that they're doing. They're not even supposed to technically be alive with us. And I get the, the pleasure and the privilege and the blessing of complaining that they won't stop screaming at me or they won't stop pulling toys out and breaking my toes with them. You know, it, it, it's, it's a huge blessing to say all of these things were stacked against us, but God has given me so many miracles in helping us get past these things. And it really gives a new meaning to me with, with, with God, all things are possible. Um, Very good. It's amazing. It's it's with God, all things are possible. I love that. Um, And it's so profound and that you're, you've seen so many things stacked against both of these children. And yet you're still able to celebrate the little victories the little things like she turned a knob today. Like, yeah. yes. And yes, she's, she's jumping up in town. Well, she wasn't supposed to be able to even stand on her own two feet. So that's great. Right. And, and maybe right. it's her jumping up and down, throwing a fit, but so what? Right. She wasn't going to have motor skills. So right. you, know, you celebrate these little victories and, and it's not easy to do because it's, it's a lot easier to just fall victim to why us, why are all these things stacked against us? I mean, two kids, Wow, I mean, right. one child and two totally unrelated um, issues that are huge. I mean, open heart surgery in your first twenty-four hours, and a child that may, you know, is being told that will never speak again. I mean, all these different illnesses and conditions, and one thing leading to the next. And yeah, it it is a big turning of the mind because oh, yeah. we can't take those things necessarily away. We can't change what we have but we can certainly change our attitude about it. And it is a oh, work definitely. in progress. It is a work. It's oh, yeah. not, nobody's perfect. And it's okay mm-hmm. to be angry and to cry and to mm-hmm. say, why, well, you know, my, my neighbor can take her kids to McDonald's and amusement parks and all this stuff. And will I ever do that? Who knows? Right. Not right. right now. And right. mindset is, is huge. And so in speaking of that, like, is there a support group for you or what are you doing to take care of you and keep yourself fresh and healthy? Um, I wouldn't say, su- uh, well, in terms of, uh, you know, not a, an actual support group, but I, I do have very supportive family and friends. And um, one person in specific is my sister-in-law, Rachel, who is very selfless, very, very amazing. Um, and she's been kind enough to step into the picture and take care of my kids. And I would trust my kids' lives in her hands. You know, I, it's the first time I've really been able to step away from them and not think about, okay, what if, you know, Gigi goes into SVT, nobody's going to know how to handle this, or nobody's going to pick up on Penny sensory uh, signals or, or know how to handle her. I, I mean, 
my husband couldn't even put Penny to sleep <laughs> before this and, and, and Rachel can, and she is a huge blessing. And, uh, I just, I could never thank her enough for everything that she's done. She, she comes in and she picks up, you don't have to say anything to her. She picks up the sensory signals that have taken me four years to pick up with Penny. Um, and she's, she's really just like a second mom. She, she just thinks everything that I think. And she, I don't even have to say it. it it's amazing. So fortunately now I, I can take some time away and I can focus on myself a little bit and, and actually be able to walk away and say, I know my kids are taken care of. And if something happens, she'll call me. I don't have to worry about it. Good for you. It's so important to be able to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your children or your family and so what does that look like for you? Are you running? Are you reading? What, what are you doing for you? Well, I, um, I call it running, but it's kind of, <laughs> I guess, maybe a jog or a jiggly kind of <laughs> funny motion down the road. <laughs> I do. I've been dabbling in jogging, running. I've been doing a little bit of yoga here and there and just kind of picking up my violin again, um, doing whatever I can to kind of get the ability to catch my breath and uh, and be me again a little bit. So, Sure. You kind of lost yeah. yourself a little bit over the last three and a half years, I'm sure. You're on sure automatic did. pilot. You were yeah. on pilot. You haven't been able to take a breath or sleep probably, you know, isn't something you've done comfortably in a long time. Like Absolutely. hours of solid, stressless sleep is <laughs> yes. probably very foreign to you still. <laughs> It so, is, it is. I don't know what that is. I'm so grateful for your sister-in-law, Rachel. I mean, wow, oh. to have that angel be able to come and understand your children and be able to work with your children. I mean, she just sounds like she has this innate ability to to work with children with special needs and what a blessing that is. And oh, for her to have the, the freedom to be able to help you as well, that's, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the willingness and even just having her there as a friend, you know, I can talk shop with her. I can talk medical. I can, you know, I can discuss things that need to go on and, and, you know, what do you think about this or what about that? And, and it's really nice to have that kind of therapy for me is therapy is talking. Um, and that it, it helps to have somebody to sit there and listen to all this boring mumbo jumbo. <laughs> so. It's important. It absolutely is. And it's, you know, just having somebody to listen and somebody to validate your feelings and help you to feel like you're not crazy. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to, you know, cry. Just, just mm-hmm. somebody there to say that's okay. Definitely. And, and how about your husband? Um, how is he doing with all this? And, and what is his role in, in working with the children and, and helping you out? Um, he is the spoiler. <laughs> he, he, with uh, COVID going on, he's working in the basement and the girls will very frequently be found banging on the basement door. Papa, 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 Papa. He, he is oh. very supportive. And when we got married, I knew that he, if he would have girls and he would be wrapped around their fingers. But boy, this is to an nth degree that he is wrapped around their fingers. He loves them to the moon and back. And he's very supportive of them. Um, and I think it's been a road for both of us to accept what's going on with these girls and certain limitations that we have with bringing them around certain people in certain times and whatnot. But um, I, I think he's just as thrilled as I am with how much progress both girls have made and 
and what we have and who we have as miracles in our house. Wow, that's sweet. That's beautiful. There, it's very difficult for married couples to raise just one child with a disability, and and for you two to be on the same page, and uh, you know him to be so present with the children. That's that's huge. That that's it not really very is. common. It's it's, and I'm I'm glad that you're blessed with that. That you that he is involved with the children, and they obviously daddy's little girls and <laughs> spoiled and papa papa papa. I love that. I, I, oh yeah. Sweet. That's sweet. Um, it sounds like you have a, a lot of blessings, you know, through all of this. I mean, first of all, I'll tell you, I pray for you, your little girls every day. And, you know, I pray in oh, the alphabet. Um, and so I named them Alicia's Angels. Uh, so they're the first ones that I Tippy pray top. for. <laughs> Tippy top. Alicia's Angels get there. Because I couldn't pronounce their full names anyways, you know. It was like, what is this? Pen- Penelope and Gwendol. Gwendolina, <laughs> Gwendolion, and so I got Pee Wee and Gigi, and so Alicia's angels praying for them daily, Thank um, you. and so grateful to to learn from you that you're able to see through and celebrate the baby steps that that really are huge victories. Mm-hmm. They might look like baby steps to some, but for you, that turning that knob. That's a huge victory. And oh, yeah. This child that's jumping up and down and throwing a fit, that jumping up and down is a huge victory. Like, <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> got gross motor skills that are developing. <laughs> yes. And and this one, you know, screaming at the top of her lungs, her heart is working. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> her lungs are really developed. <laughs> Very so, clear. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, I love that you, you know, find the silver lining. I love that you have this turning of the mind. And yes, it is always a work in progress and, and it's easy it's easy to go into the woes me it's a lot of work to go into that no you know what this is what I was dealt with could be worse and um, they, these kids have gotten through so much and you're just watching their them go against all odds I mean, oh, yeah against all odds everything you were told you know especially about peewee you, you guys have surpassed and you're continuing to surpass, you know? Oh, yeah. I look forward to hearing about her communication because I think prior to us taping this, you mentioned that they had stated that she probably wouldn't speak. Right. That she's already saying words. And this week you said she learned two words in just a week's yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a good, you know, three and a half years paid off to get that final no that all the parents dread. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me in a week and then I'll let you know how I feel, but <laughs> no kidding. That's like the first word they learn and then they don't stop saying it. No, 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 no. And here this is like your dream come true three and a half years later, like, yes, she said no. Oh, yeah. saying it, but she's saying it like, you know, few yep. moms have celebrated that, but leave it to you, Alicia, to be celebrating the no coming out of your little three and a half year old's mouth. I love that. I really do that. That makes me choke up a little bit. Um, I, what would you say to any parent who gives birth to a child that immediately is showing, I mean, showing needs even before the child's born? What, what advice would you give those parents? I think first I'd say it's okay to feel how you feel. How you feel is natural. Um, it's okay to feel worried. It's okay to feel sad. Um, and even, I guess, a little bit disappointed, uh, it, your life is going to be different, but 
you're going to learn so much more. There's something to be learned in every single situation that you're put in. If you give it a moment to really process and really think about what's going on. I've learned so much with patience. I learned so much with um, God and I just learned so much as a human being, you know, you can look at the negative and think that this is terrible. How could this possibly happen to me? But even when we're in the hospital the first time, as well as the second time, you think all of these people that are um, praying for my girls and praying for us, they don't even know us. These people that drop off these little, you know, we were in there for Christmas and Thanksgiving and drop off these little gifts. They didn't even get to see the joy on our faces. And and there's, there's good humans. There's great humans out there um, that you just have to look and you, you find them. Um, And then I think one of the other things I would say is take care of yourself. Take the time to take care of yourself. You have to be there for your child you cannot sit there and pretend like you don't exist or that you don't need time to yourself. Um, you know, I tried that for a while and it didn't work. You, you have to take time for yourself. You have to be happy. It's not just a saying, find yourself again so that you can be the best parent for your kid and the best advocate for your kid. And I guess that's the other one too. You need to advocate for your kid. Don't feel ashamed to ask questions in the doctors. Don't, hesitate to ask questions three and four and five times because my our hematologist can tell you I sat there for hours asking the same question over and over and over and he said you asked me that question as many times as you need um yeah ask questions and be an advocate and and look for people who are going through the same thing and I think you shared with me before the taping of this that you're you actually were the one pushing for them to look into how you were feeling with your pregnancy with Penny. Is that correct? Yes. So you were the one, and then they discovered before she was born that there were some complications, and so they were able to work with her immediately because of your intuition and your advocacy and you pushing them and not, not accepting their answers. Right. You know your kid best. Even before they're born, you know your kid best. There's no two ways about it. And the best doctors will admit that and say, you know your kid. You tell me what you think. I'm not saying you know more than a doctor does, but you know, our our neurologist in specific has said, okay, well, you tell me what you see going on. You see it at home. You know your kid. You tell me. And then they take the medical from it. So it's true. Every part of that is true. You know your kid best. Love that. Very good and very insightful. And, and you know, you're a team. You have a team of people working to keep your children alive and healthy and growing and learning. And, and they all have to work together. You have to trust each other and respect each other, honor mm-hmm. each other, and listen to one another. And it sounds like you have that, that network of professionals and, and, you know, your sister-in-law, Rachel. You know, you're all working together as a team. Oh, very much so. Very much so. We're all puzzle pieces and one goes away and the whole thing falls apart and somebody ends up throwing the puzzle out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good analogy. That one piece, where is it? One piece. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alicia, I want to thank you. I know you're very busy and tired and have a lot to do in your day. And this is by your quiet time that you had. And um, I robbed you of it by having you tell your story, but I appreciate you for doing this. No, thank you. Like I said, it's a therapy to talk about it. So I, it, it helps me more than you know. 
it is a therapy to talk about it. And I think that's a great talking point. Um, it is a therapy to talk about this so that you don't feel all alone. And it empowers you when you talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're educating others. You're helping others that are going through similar experiences. I mean, there's listeners that are listening to this that I hope are empowered and inspired by your words that they're not feeling alone and they're learning that they need to get their squad together and make sure that they have their team of players and they have their somebody they can trust to watch their kids so they can get out and take care of themselves too. Oh yeah. I hope there's at least one person that can, can benefit from hearing that. I believe there will be. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. Um, I appreciate your time and, um, Look forward to watching Alicia's angels grow over the years and overcome every obstacle they were given and defy all laws against them and everything that was ever said against them. I, I can't wait to, to see this happen with these little girls of yours. Thank you again, Thank you. Alicia. Thank you. We learned a lot from Alicia today, including that it's okay to feel how you feel. How you feel is natural. It is okay to be worried, sad, or disappointed. There is something to be learned in every situation. Give it time and you will find lessons. Moms need support too. Take time to take care of yourself and find yourself again so you can be the best parent for your kids. Always look for the silver lining. Trust in God. With God, all things are possible. Advocate and ask questions repeatedly, not only for your children, but also for you. A good doctor will encourage and support your advocacy. You know your child best. Today's gratitude is, those who say it can't be done are usually interrupted by others doing it. Well, that's it for today's interview. We hope our guest's story helps you get through your story. Don't stop believing and keep on dancing.